0: This podcast contains swear words.
1: Hello and welcome to Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne, a podcast about art making, creativity, not giving up and living well in the process. I am coming at you from the perspective of a performing artist, but the issues and ideas discussed here apply to all of us, I think. Whether you consider yourself an artist or not, life is a creative act. I'm your host, Tara Cheyenne Friedenberg, choreographer, actor, dancer, writer, and educator living on the unceded, stolen ancestral territories of the Musqueam, tsleil and Squamish nations on the west coast of Turtle Island. Before we kick off this episode of Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne, I'd just like to remind you to please like, review, share, word of mouth works. It really does help us get the word out and helps people find the podcast more easily. And if possible, donations really, really help. We'll put the link to donate in the show notes. Or you can go to TaraCheyenne.com, upper right-hand corner. Click that donate button. Small donation, big donation. We like all the donations. A couple fun facts for you before we dive in. I record the intro to this podcast fresh every time. So there's similar words, but they're different every time. And every time it takes me, I don't know how long. I record, no, I erase. I record, no, I erase. I record, no, I erase. And it occurs to me that I want to share this with you because that is... What creativity is, really. We make it, we try again, we change it, we try again, on and on, and it's never perfect. Because, you know, perfect is good enough is the joke I like to use. Another fun fact is I am still recording this in my claw office, my closet office. At the beginning of the pandemic, it was charming and cute, and I like to share photographs of it. Now, I'm super over it. I'm super over Recording with my clothes kind of dangling in my face. It's not cool or cute anymore. All right, my interview with Tati Q and Jenny Larson. Delightful human beings. Before we dive in, this is a Zoom time. We recorded on Zoom. There were some technical difficulties, so the sound is not perfect is good enough. There's some animal noises. There's some clicking, those kind of things. But you can hear their wonderful voices. In the interview, you can hear Tati Q speak first, talking about acting and being badass. Then you hear Jenny. So just to differentiate their voices for your ears, I will post in the show notes their biographies They're an incredibly accomplished couple of artists. They're a couple, so they share all kinds of wonderful shorthand. They talk about popcorning ideas, which I just loved. I'd never heard that before. The idea of ideas just popping up and they're sharing them with each other. They also shared such wonderful artistic practices that they have. How they keep going, how they work together, how they work apart, and then come back together to make their incredible work. Catalina Lao is a show that they made just before the pandemic. They made it into a film during the pandemic, which I saw. It's wonderful. The show is going to be live, and I will post about that in the show notes, as well as their extensive bios. Katy is a musician as well punk rock, drummer. Jenny is very accomplished in playwriting and a great thinker. I was just really excited about the ideas that both were bringing to our interview. So enjoy. I can't wait to hear more about these two and see their work. I'll see you at the show. I'm really happy you two have agreed to be on the podcast. So thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for inviting us. us. I have so many questions. Do you just talk about what you do as interdisciplinary theater, music, et cetera, artists? What's exciting right now?
0: What's exciting right now? Personally, I'm really into acting. Like I want to be a badass actor. And I find it very difficult. I think that a lot of people think that acting is easy. And that came from my drumming. I was a drummer for many years. And I thought that that was hard. And then when I found acting, I was like, this is hard. I'm going to yeah. figure it out. <laughs> it's so Does hard make you want to dig in? Does it oh, make yeah. You I like a challenge. I think the more we challenge ourselves, the more we grow, period. And, you know, we're humans of a certain age. <laughs> and the more you get into the learning, you're always a student, the more alive you remain. And that's me. Yeah.
2: And I think just to sort of like answer that, but also tie that into JK, JK and larger what we're up to. I just started writing plays. I've been in theater and new work and experimental theater for decades because we are of a certain age, but I just started writing plays in 2019. And it was because Kathy asked me to write Catalina Lao. And then from there, i really loved it and then just had these sparks for all these other ideas. Also inside of that was Kati's desire to act and perform. And then I was like, okay, well, I will always have a character for you in anything I write. And then it's also about being able to provide Kati with a lot of options of types of people to play because the world does not and so in one of our pieces called Desperately Seeking Comfortable Shoes which is a queering of Viking mythology and sort of like inspired by my own coming out, the plays more of themselves type of character, Afro-Latinx North American, although that is not Kati, Katy is Puerto Rican, but um, <laughs> non-binary and then in another piece we're working on right now called Always Boy, the part that written for Kathy is more femme lesbian mom. So just being able to like have that palette of experiences, but we're into right now, Catalina is going to, we can't like really say things super publicly right now, but we are going to be jumping into rehearsals and then a live performance of that in Vancouver in the summer, more coming in March And then we are also developing this piece, as I mentioned, Desperately Seeking Comfortable Shoes, where I have written the script, but Kathy wrote the lyrics and the original music. And we're in the process now of turning demos of the original music into like nice, pretty things that we can play with and then inviting actors to play with those pages. And then we're also building this piece, which we consider sort of a a TYA experiment because we feel like it's super family friendly, but it's going to be a live site-specific immersive theater haunting, also a Instagram experience and a YouTube narrative. So we're kind of jumping into this idea of continuing to play with live experiences, knowing that that's like a beautiful home and safe space and garden for queer creators and queer youth who need to see our work, but also wanting to play with digital and what is digital and how are we in digital and how do we maintain that live performance element of all the stories we have, but also add this digital element that's not trying to like just film theater or film dance, but like to invite that narrative into exploration. So that's kind of the long answer of what we're playing with right now. What she said.
1: (laughs) I love it. That's so exciting. The whole question of digital I mean, I've made films for a long time, but how do we keep it with the audience, with the live? Because I mean, I just performed for real life people last weekend for the first time and my head almost exploded. It was. Wow. Anyway, but also like feeling that importance of this potential of this digital to just like draw in the folks. They don't feel like they're a contemporary dance or contemporary theater audience. And a lot of those folks are the people that, I know like I want in the room. So have you found interesting ways or ways that are working for you in terms of digital? Yeah, well, so I'm very curious about how to remove this sort of idea that we have as
2: artists that the digital means marketing and move into the digital as art itself and as a new art form and a new art container. And so our ideas right now, just with this one particular piece, the Instagram component, we're actually going to develop a profile for one of the characters in the show. And we need to like get on that. Actually, we're hoping to spend some time, a concentrated couple of weeks this summer, really crafting what that profile is. But to have a profile that can actually exist potentially for like years while we're building the project and then already has like a following and whatever, by the time the piece happens. So by profile, you mean like one of the characters in the piece will have like an Instagram or
0: some kind of social media profile and their stories will be separate, but also part of the story. And sometimes you'll see it on stage play out and then someone can be in their small town at home feeling alone. but be able to reach it through their phone. So that's kind of what we're
2: trying to do with Always Boy. Yeah. And for the YouTube, we're thinking about really like taking one of the characters in the play and having them sort of be that YouTube voice and that they'll sort of relay narrative and relay information and story and everything. But by using these, very popular YouTube forms. So like a mukbang video and an exercise video and a commentary video and a makeup oh, tutorial. Man. But it's all this kid, Tommy, who's like giving the makeup tutorial and through it somehow we also get story. So we're kind of trying to like say, well, what is YouTube? What is that form? What is it that the kids are actually watching? Which I feel so like, oh, I'll say the thing like that. are <laughs> the kids watching? But we are trying to reach little queer kids yeah. in rural North America. And also like get them
0: interested in into the theater you know again the kids these days they have you know only the attention span of a 30 second video so like maybe getting them through that little 30 second video story and then inviting them into the space with us because there's nothing like being in the room like you said like there is nothing like that I mean that's why I fell in love with theater in the first place it's like sharing space sharing energy. It's like, there's nothing like that. So that's right. (laughs)
1: That's that's so exciting because I have a 10 year old and how they see themselves in the digital world, I think can draw them into, oh, how can I really go in and how can I be in the room with these folks? That's so exciting.
2: Our daughter is now 20, turning 21 in just a few months, but watching her grow up as I have heard referred to as a digital native, right? Like born and raised in that sort of sphere. The digital absolutely does lead to them going to performances. There are musicians that she falls in love with and follows online. And then certainly if they're going through where she lives, she's going to go. So yeah, I think that happens.
0: And she's also raised in a theater child and she's like that marriage of the two because she does have the attention span and the love for theater. And she's from the digital age. So mm-hmm. it's possible.
1: We can do this. <laughs> Let's do this. We can totally- <laughs> I absolutely agree. I found, like you, with Kati Kui-Lao, is that... Catalina. It's like Catalina, Catalina. Which I saw the film. So you made a film, which I loved. It was so neat because you shot it at Progress Lab and I shot my film at Progress Lab, my solo show. That's awesome. And the thing that was so great I found is putting these things out is it didn't make people, for the most part, go like, okay, I'm done. I've seen it. It actually made them go, okay, well, when are we live? So just kind of like proving that... We want more. We know that the digital is offering us something, but it's not offering us that real human-animal connection, which we all need so desperately.
2: Yes. Crave so desperately
1: after these two years. Yeah. I've just been thinking a lot about collaboration. What is collaboration? And you know, there's so many opinions about it and everybody does it differently. How is collaboration for you two? And has it grown from a different place? Has it you talked a little bit about that, Jenny, about you know, like creating the stuff that isn't there. So it's like providing what we need to see, what we need to hear.
0: I came again from the band world. I was always in bands, uh, musical band groups, as you could call them. And that is, in my experience, nothing but collaboration. You get together and there's nothing there. And then you make up a beautiful or wild or whatever kind of song you like to make up, right? So I love working with other people, listening to each other and through listening, creating something new, right? And then starting to work with Jenny in the theater world, it is nothing but collaboration. You know, all your designers, your writer, your actor, everyone has to work together to this one goal. And uh, I think we come from different ways of looking at it, but it's all the same thing. Like, I think we both really like collaboration and Jenny really likes collaborating with non-theater people. I think that's why we work so well, because I guess you could speak to that. Why do you like collaborating with non-theater makers?
2: (laughs) Well, Kathy, um, let me tell you, to speak to your question, Tara, I do have a, a lot of training in that physical theater and experimental theater devising work. You know, city company and compositions and all that. So just as Cathy was saying, Kathy has that background of the band collaboration and then I have the background of the theater collaboration. So both of us have different vocabularies for collaboration, but we're both used to that as a process for making our art, which I think is nice because it's not like one of us is a painter or a novelist who's used to being alone and having total control. We're actually used to collaborative experiences, even though they come from different vocabularies. And maybe that's why I think it's exciting to work together because it's different to answer your question, Kathy Q, because the vocabulary that is new to me is going to disrupt an idea in a way that opens it. And there's actually this book by, I am probably mispronouncing their name, Jonah Learher called Imagine. And it is all about creativity, the spark of creativity, where creativity comes from. And he did all these studies, spoke to all these different artists, collectives, collaboratives, institutions, like Pixar, you know, Nike, all of these places that have innovation and collaboration and ideas, right? Creativity. And one of the things that I found really compelling is the disruptor as a spark for creativity and innovation. And I think when Kathy and I work together, there's kind of a constant disruption because of the difference in vocabulary and difference in training and technique. But then the harmony comes in the aesthetics and the values being the same. And then we've sort of found a process over our last three shows of like, one of us will have an idea and then we'll do some research. And we just kind of like popcorn ideas as we're like passing each other in the morning and the ideas popcorn into becoming something that becomes structure suddenly. And then usually it's like me writing pages and then getting together and we're reading and exchanging and then more popcorn in between that and then pages and exchange and Mm -hmm. it just grows and grows. And then you're in the room putting on its feet, more openings and all that. That's again, a very long answer for your question.
0: (laughs) Yes. Theater (laughs) Theater punk rock equals
1: what? (laughs) It's, It's perfect. It's perfect. Totally makes sense to me. I'm a heavy metal fan, love metal. My partner is also a musician comes from the band world but is like hardcore Beatles. So mm. but the idea of the disruption is so potent. It's so mm-hmm. fruitful. All those places and I think you both were talking about when we collaborate it is so vital to be collaborating with people who are like what does that mean? <laughs> you know, questioning like huh, blocking what's block or whatever it is. The things that we're so used to and we're always around the same sort of people yeah. I yeah mean, it is, I'm like, but
0: why, why do we have to do that? I don't, that makes no sense But me, even like as an audience, I don't get it. So why do we have to do that? Like we talk to each other very honestly like that. And uh, I think it yields really awesome work. I don't know. I yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may be biased but... <laughs> and from watching your video I think we have that in common that we do not take ourselves seriously <laughs> we yeah, named our company JKJK because uh, me meeting a lot of musicians and her knowing a lot of theater folks the egos and the things get really really heightened and look at me and it's about the work and the purpose what are we doing what are we, what are we trying to get to like that's what matters to us not what other people think or
2: yeah and also just centering joy has been so important joy. especially over the last couple of years yes. because like being human a lot just making it day to day is like hard enough and then you carry whatever traumas on your back so it's like let's center joy and kathy's actually the one who always says this that the you know the rich guy doesn't care if you hold on to your suffering They're off golfing in Mexico. Like, they don't care. Like, the man
0: that we're all trying to fight against, like, they're really on vacation while we are holding this pain. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so it's like how do we find a way to like keep moving forward and making the world a better place every day which does sometimes take work and confrontation with trauma and struggle and suffering but center joy inside of that so that we are living the life on the gulf course in mexico just the same hallelujah from wherever we are <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly it's so subversive it's so subversive yes. to be having a good time and find it all fucking hilarious that's right it. <laughs> i love it i love it yeah and i come from the contemporary dance world so you can imagine the amount of seriousness uh, yeah. because that you are around very yeah. serious yeah that you I are yeah yeah <laughs> it's serious like and if you're not serious somehow it's kind of peripheral except for those of us of a certain age who just keep sticking around going peripheral really, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. This is what it's all about
0: laughing, having a good time, you know, like life is hard enough. Don't
2: make it harder on
0: yourself. Yeah. (laughs) And I felt
2: like we could see in in watching your work and, you know, your website before meeting with you that you also play with like that. There's clowning and fun and exaggeration and humor, but there's something serious happening. You've got like a serious thread and I love how that balance and that, I think that
1: that rings true for our desire for our pieces as well. I mean my byline is comedy's dead serious, yeah, really good stand up, like the best stand up for me it's the core of art making in a way because it is just about rupture, and somebody um, oh, I know my therapist um, <laughs> <laughs> was saying um, comedy makes us slow down, and I'd never heard it that way, and it was like, oh, because I always thought you know talk about it like rupture, like you know, like changing direction, surprise, all those things, but that it does it makes you slowed down in a certain way which I thought was just fantastic I love that has comedy been for both of you like part of your work the whole time or yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh even when I was in in the bands like I uh we named our groups silly names like we were and even before that my mom's story when I was born she said the doctor didn't smack you in the butt the doctor told you a joke because you've been laughing ever since and like there's no one that can ruin your party kind of thing she's like no one can ruin your party
2: I was like laughing out loud at everything I think I was a natural born clown. Yeah, Kathy is the best slap and is just a natural born clown. And like I've got all the this physical theater training, whatever. So which sort of like informed writing of the slapstick in the script of Catalina. But you know, you just give it to Kathy, and then Kathy like turns every joke into funny. Like I'm writing something, like I'm not sure. I don't know. This might not work. Let's play with it today. And of course, I'm like I'm rolling on the floor laughing, and it's just like <laughs> naturally following her own like clowning impulses so like just or a just natural born up comedian yeah yeah <laughs> I try to make a laugh at least once a yeah, day it definitely has the very best laugh <laughs> but yeah my training is like not so much like in comedy I just think like I've always just appreciated irreverence and felt like I wasn't interested in anyone who was taking themselves or anything too seriously just because
1: like we said
0: yeah, yeah. we're not saving lives although we are Exactly free, right. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We yeah. do. We bring joy, but also we still remember what we are. We are artists mm-hmm. and we get to do this. Mm-hmm. This is so special
2: that we get to. Like mm-hmm. that is amazing. Can celebrate. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about that idea of like the purpose of a story being so, A, depending on what story you're telling, but also there always being some kind of nugget of like a reflection of the world that you're living in. And me wanting people to see that reflection, whether there's something painful in it that they're relating to or not, but that ultimately that reflection is making them feel joyful when they walk away. I think that that's something that is probably like super pretentious. <laughs> 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 and how do you want to change it? But bra- yeah. Bravo.
0: <laughs> Bravo. Bra. <laughs>
1: But I think what, what part of part of what you're saying might be too is that like the <laughs> I know they just want to laugh all day um, mm-hmm. is that that recognition the recognition of oneself mm-hmm. is is mm-hmm. joy whether it's recognition because I think there's different flavors of joy there's so many different tonalities yes. of joy that even if it's somebody experiencing something that's like oh no oh yuck oh yuck but yeah I have that yuck too and that connection is like a certain kind of joy.
2: I love that. I love that you talk about the layers of joy because I've lately been, I'm, I'm a meditator. Um, I have my rituals. I'm really big into Pima Chodron. You know, obviously I've read much of her work. And so when you say that levels of joy, I, that just resonates so much because I think people have this idea that joy doesn't include pain. And for me, a joyful life is pain and pleasure. Pain is also a part of the whole package. And that's
1: what a beautiful package. Yeah, yes. I love kind of Chodron as well. There's a good quotation. Being happy doesn't mean you feel happy all the time.
0: Yes. And it's work. Like it's hard work. I, you know, like I see the same things that other people see in the world. I've experienced a lot of trauma in my life, but I choose to work on the good stuff and shine a light on the good stuff. And that's what gets me by and it'd be nice, you know, like to teach or share that with others that it helps you get by because everyone's life has some struggle in it. You know, we all share that. So how can we live with it and bring joy into the mix? Like, I know it's hard, but we can do it. It's like, I'm a cheerleader. Like,
2: you can do it too. Come on, let's get to it. Yeah. I was thinking about like, I wonder how much of that is being parents too. And I was just thinking about like your experience, your child is younger, much younger than ours and how this pandemic and like having to remain hopeful and having to center positive. That's what you do as a parent. And then as they become more and more distanced from you and taking steps from you, you want more and more for them to have these tools to access their joy when they need it. You know, I've found it's made our way into the art because you're like, oh, this is a really important message, actually.
1: Hold on, take this one, honey. And also let's share this with everybody else too. Totally, yeah. We're just like praising our child for being really good at reframing things that are like crappy. It's like, okay, well, actually, we could look at it from the other side and it's like, okay, that was crappy, but it led to these things, which are really excellent, so... I mean, God, I, I did not learn that when I was a kid, so. Yeah, so great. Fantastic. So, yeah. I think the schools are much better, too. The things our child is learning in school, so much, so much better. They are much better than when we were we. It is True. Did you go to school here in uh, Vancouver? No, I grew up mostly in Calgary, Alberta. I went to high school in London, Ontario. But you two like been here for a long time or grew up here we arrived
0: 2017 and i grew up in puerto rico yeah and moved to austin texas when i was 20 in 1997
2: and then jenny i was born and raised in the territory of the lakota sioux or the Oglala nation which is south dakota and moved to texas in 1997 we met there and, and married and moved here in 2017 yeah So I have the education system in rural, conservative, North America. America is much worse than Canada, even when we were kids. I know I had a worse education than you did, but I will say I know what kids are learning now because my survival job is tutoring. And I have been really so delighted with the curriculum in British Columbia and the honesty that I've been able to talk about things with the students with and that they're really like parsing out history in a very frank way. And I'm like, wow, because that definitely didn't happen when I was in junior high and high school. And so I'm just loving that these kids are getting a very honest assessment of what's happening.
1: Better late than never. Yeah. My kids, they had a gender diversity workshop.
0: That's amazing. At
1: 10. Oh, that's awesome. It's, It's awesome. And they've been doing this for a few years. They're just so articulate and so literate in what gender diversity and racial diversity. It's just like, oh. That's
2: amazing. You know, on the flip side of that, where I did grow up, South Dakota in September of 2021, the high school that my niece goes to school at, they pulled all of the non-binary and trans kids into the office and told them they would be dead named and referred to the pronouns that they were given on their birth certificates from that day forward. These kids are still dealing with that, today. Also in South Dakota, just this month, like we, I think we saw it on the news just a couple of weeks ago, they passed, um, some kind of bill that trans and non-binary athletes are no longer allowed to play on any organized teams. So we are lucky to be in Vancouver and in British Columbia, because certainly the rest of Canada is not as open. And certainly the rest of North America definitely is not.
0: And that's one of the reasons why we want to do some of these shows to reach the kids that don't have such a great experience at school that feel alone because we both felt alone, felt very alone. And that's why we moved away from where we grew up to live as who we are. And there are still many kids like that today all over the world but also here in north america Mm -hmm. and we can reach them you know through their little devices and be like okay you can do this too stick around there is opportunity
1: just let's do this come on Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah i love it the kids they need to see themselves we all need to see ourselves reflected back and you know that oh you can do that (laughs) I think of all the important things along my path, they were other artists, people, Boy George, for example, like, oh, oh, you can do that? Oh, cool. (laughs) You know, because there's so many things in our lives saying like, oh no, you have to fit in this box. And maybe you could put part of yourself in this box, but definitely not over here. Mm -hmm. So yay. Yay. (laughs) Okay, so you've intuitively answered so many of the questions I was going to ask you, but I have many more. What does being interdisciplinary mean for you as artists? I do it all.
0: Mm-hmm. You can't stop me. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. Yeah. If it's, <laughs> if it's meant to be
2: done, I can't do it too. Yeah. What does it mean to you? Sing. <laughs> <Same. laughs> write, direct, write songs, make music, perform, yeah. produce. Wear all the hats. Wear are yeah. the hats? And, and not to be pigeonholed or cornered into like one sort of identity in terms of listening to our muses.
0: Follow your instinct. Yes. Hmm. Do it. Yeah. That's what it means. <laughs> yeah, follow your
1: instinct as there's so much I think from theater training, dance training, music training. It's like what's your milieu? What's your medium instead of what's your inspiration? What right. what do you need to use to make that performance, that idea? blossom or come into the world. To me, I think we're all trained in a very
2: capitalist way. So it's, that's where it's like, it's heading towards this, like, what are you building towards? So then we sometimes forget to just listen to the messages while we're receiving them, which sounds so out there. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to the messages. Listen but the sparks to- of inspiration can often guide you in totally wild and unexpected ways. Okay, but, sorry, sorry. I'm listening. <laughs> listening and knocking my headphone out of my ear. with Making love. me forget what
1: I'm saying with love. <laughs> All with love, I'm sure. Yes, I can relate. I often get tear para- up are you paying attention? Uh, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm here. I'm here. When I was in elementary, just speaking of school, it was terrible the first few years, but I had one teacher who let me sharpen pencils the whole day because I couldn't sit down because I just Mm. needed to move. So she let me stand there and I did really well (laughs) because (laughs) the one person who recognizes that you need something different. That's Um, awesome. Yeah, it was mm. it was a stroke of luck. Yeah, I know what you mean. It sounds like we stay open to the signals from the universe. You know, we, can <laughs> say like that. we are on the West Coast. Um, <laughs> ah, yes, But also, mm. I completely believe that. Yeah. I was teaching a group yesterday just about what is a real impulse, you know, which is mm. like an impossible question in a way, but what feels mm. like, oh yeah, yeah, that feels, you know. But I think we have to relearn that because so much of our education and capitalism is telling us what we should do or what we should like or how we should make. So do you have any practices or things you do that help you stay attuned to your spidey senses or your gadget or however you think about it?
0: Well, yeah, we both, we're both do. Yeah, we're both very physical. Like we exercise every morning like we meditate we
2: yeah we do the breathing exercises each of us has our own little morning ritual um journaling is the only thing i didn't mention in the list be
0: there for yourself every day so you can be there for the universe for the everybody else but you have to show up for yourself first Because the second you miss yourself, then little things start falling down the cracks, which is okay if you fall down the cracks every once in a while. But it is like about what you do every day. In my opinion, you know, like it's just it's a way to wake up. We Mm -hmm. have things to look forward to every morning, which Mm -hmm. is our meditation journaling our working out. out. You know, Mm -hmm. like those are things that you look forward to. We do, I do, and it makes your whole day
2: start with a bang,
0: like in my opinion.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And maybe the other thing I'll add is having adventures. I go on weekly adventures by myself and try to just have that point of view of everything I'm receiving is a piece of art. And so sometimes it'll even be just like seeing the strangest occurrence on the street. Like I was walking down the street the other day and ahead of me, there was this woman who was kind of wildly waving her arms around and I was a little bit uncomfortable. Like, is this, Uh, going to be a confrontation. So I put my mask on to just like add a layer of protection or invisibility. As I get closer, though, I realize it's actually these two strangers who are fighting and then she gets out her camera and she's going to take his picture and they're like arguing and he's grabbing the camera. And it was really like this, unfolding drama and so that's just sort of an example of like i just am like constantly keeping my eyes open for like when is there art happening to me right in this moment because i feel like that will probably live in my mind and come back in a story in some kind of way or watch the world watch
0: people Mm -hmm. be constantly learning for images things like that
2: oh and read a lot
0: Uh, yeah lots of reading lots of Um, class taking and yeah We have
2: a lot of rituals. In 2017, we moved from Texas where we had both lived for 20 years. And I think that waking ourselves up is also a healthy part of human process to, I kind of mentioned this earlier with this disruption, but there's almost a disruption of a personal comfort too that each of us went through. And that also has continued here too, just with life circumstances and life circumstances come at you and it challenges your comfort. But I think sometimes people seek that security and they seek a place where they can kind of nestle in. And actually before moving here, I really was in a place of like, I'm plateauing. My ideas are plateauing. My visions are plateauing. I need to break open. Like Something has to break wide open because I can feel a sort of hardening happening and absolutely changing Oh, yeah. Everything about our surroundings was a great way to be like, oh, and whew, my mind is open in a new way again. I'm awake My comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Like, um, I do
0: believe that being comfortable doesn't always lead to growth. Growth as an artist, I think is necessary all the way, because if not, it's just going to stay stagnant. And what fun is that? you have to fall down you have to be uncomfortable you have to be like unsure all those things need to happen for your body to react and your mind to start shooting you new ideas and you're like all right let's do this i'm scared let's do it (laughs) yeah
1: totally the thing that came to mind when you're talking about comfort you two did the big let's just move to a completely different country which is huge and because i'm 49, and I'm really just figuring out what self-care is, to be perfectly honest with you. But as I'm figuring it out, I'm realizing that self-care and comfort are not the same thing. Self-care and that place of really nice resistance you can push up against to challenge yourself is actually part of it. And I just love what you two are talking about in terms of ritual and the things. It makes me just want to ask more, okay, what is the weekly adventure? Like, how do you do that? Do you plan it? Or do you just like go out and see what happens?
2: I usually actually make a little bit of a plan, but I also leave myself open to that changing. And I really just choose things I want to do. And then I go and do them. <laughs> and that's right. yeah, I, I mean, really. sometimes it's like walking up and down a shopping district just because I love window shopping. I love people watching. That is such a grand adventure for me. Other times it's nature focused because I'm also, I'm so fed by being in nature and Pacific Spirit Park is just such a blessing that this city has it. And Stanley Park, which I haven't been to on one of my adventures yet, but also like what a gift to live in a metropolis that has a beach and woods so close, such a gorgeous paradise so also going to the beach. So yeah, usually a little bit of planning, but it's also just like, I have a really long list of like things I want to do. And then it just becomes about like, okay, well, is it going to be sunny this day? Then I'm going to Pacific spirit, like that kind of, yeah. That's so good.
1: I'm putting it on my list of things to <laughs> <the> schedule. Um, <laughs> also, whenever I mentor and teach, I'm, you know, broken record about, you have to make it a practice. What is the practice of it? And it isn't boring. I don't find it boring. It's different every time. Yeah, and I just I really love how both of you you have those things. And for me, in my house, we find our rituals bring us together. We all do a seven minute workout. Um, and I was just working in Calgary. This podcast and so my family is we effing wrong, good. Like, Zoom together, Aww. doing it together was just hysterically funny. I love it. It's so nice. Or just like to meditate together. Yeah, sometimes we work out together, um, but we usually work out
2: separately because. Kathy is,
0: oh, I like this day. Oh. And Jenny's more like, let's yogi. Yoga. yoga. And
2: um, I'm like, yoga is for my day when I stretch. <laughs> so actually the part that we share together is coffee and Duolingo. Yeah. Kathy is Duolingo too. Kathy's learning German and I am
1: yeah. practicing my Spanish every day. <laughs> yeah. What language are you doing? I used to speak Spanish because I lived in Chile, oh, but it's been so long that it's super rusty. But I really do love the Duolingo. Um, yeah, yes, Me German. Yeah,
0: yeah, I found oh, yeah. it very difficult, and then I was like, I'm sold. I, it's I see it like a puzzle, like the way they do the grammar and stuff. And now at this point, it's just I love when I find a Spanish word that's like a German, like cheese. They say queso. I'm like, what? So then my brain goes, this is fun, and... What else is there? And it makes me think we are so much more alike than we are different. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, yeah, we drink our coffee in the morning and each do our duolingo together. And then I go do my workout and she does her workout <laughs> separately. Yeah. And
2: our meditation and reading is also like we both sort of separate and do our meditation and reading and workout. But every once in a while, I will join her for the stay hard. Yeah. Um, But part of our together time with the coffee and the duo is also that popcorn of ideas time. I think that's also the benefit of making art with someone that you do live with because you run into each other. The passing is where a lot of ideas happen. And so... That morning time with coffee and duo, we just like stop between lessons to be like, oh, and in my book the other day, it said, and oh, and I thought of this idea for that. And oh, we should apply for that grant. And oh, and oh, so those I had conversations... a dream
0: that we should do this. Yeah. <laughs> like morning time is getting into yeah. each other time. Yeah.
1: Oh, Party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people who work together and are a couple together because it is so interesting. So many different ways of navigating that. And how do you not get bogged down by the work and how do you keep the work alive in the, the everyday in a way that's mm-hmm. joyful too.
0: It's like make we feel lucky to get
2: to do this. It is perspective. Yeah. It's like, we don't have to do this. We get to do this. But there's a balance. We have those sort of popcorning conversations all the time, but we really schedule the time we work together. And I think that that's part of how we keep a balance because it'll be like, okay, this Sunday at this time is when we're going to read the new draft of this play, but we can popcorn ideas about whatever, all of the different visions, all of the several different projects in between there and then. And I think that that's nice because it keeps that popcorn time really just listening to. Whatever sparks of inspiration, and just really having whatever gut impulse things, and just being like, oh, blah, this, blah. and it doesn't have to stick, and or it could stick. It's not heavy. It doesn't mean anything. And so I think there's something really generative in keeping that time like that, and then having the time focused. That's focused. It's like we put on a different hat, and you're ready. Okay, we're belting in. I got my pencils. I got my highlighter. We're here for an hour or two. You know, oh, yeah. more. Because when, um, it's, time hours, to, yeah, actually,
0: when it's time to read a script, I stop every like, but why are we saying this? No, no, let's do this. Yeah. Like our first read through of a script takes, yeah, it like takes eight a long eight hours. hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. We like That's to good.
1: discuss it in a good way. Yeah. We yeah, like yeah, to discuss for sure. every little thing. Yeah. That's such a great part of art making is like mm-hmm. getting into the minutiae, the granular. I'm like that She's like, hmm that word that little tip of the head how are we gonna yeah Mm. it's pretty delicious it is yeah
0: like i feel we're both fans of this art that we're making like uh, we're fans of theater so how we read it as an audience you know like how we might say yeah if i'm watching this show like that okay wait I would think something differently. Wait, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like, we've really is that really fans, funny? Is, is <laughs> yeah, laugh. Like,
1: is that just funny to me. Was yeah. that just funny? Because
0: I is had it kind of funny or of- is it funny? Yeah. So yeah, being a fan of the artwork that the you art make, form. of the art form mm-hmm. that you're making, that you're working is a big deal. You have to watch other people and, and doing what you're doing, and like, and you know what you like and what you think needs a little elbow grease. And I think that is a big thing for us. We are big fans of theater and music. Like music has saved my life in so many ways. So it's just like makes you a good artist.
1: I think it's a really good point. Like I'm just so happy that I can do this. Just feel like, it's like what like the little imposter thing that I keep thinking somebody's going to tap me on the shoulder and go, are you still here? Can you? No. <laughs> so just like, um, but that the importance of being a fan of what you do I think there's so much in our world and you know in art making in the art making way of be critical and be a bummer um, <laughs> that you forget that it's like well why are we doing this because when we were little kids it was the ultimate yeah yeah totally I want to respect your time I have my last question but <laughs> The comedy of you two sharing the earbuds. I know this is just <laughs> audio for our audience, but it is. I know is. it's pretty terrible. I'm think, so sorry, but I think. Oh, so it's been so cute and also choreographic. The way you've carefully taken it yeah. out, fixed it around your ear. And like- <laughs> yeah, how long did it take me to realize if I hook it, it'll stay. <laughs> And there's the clickbait for the podcast. If you hook it, it will stay. (laughs) Sorry. So my last question is, what are you currently reading, listening to, or watching on TV?
0: Hot diggity.
2: Ooh, Yellow Jacket is a TV show that I really liked on the Crave. Uh, Yeah, I think it's on Crave, Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets, digging
0: their stories is different. women. 40 year olds, like it's awesome, and the acting is so fun. And then music oh, I got this, I I can't. And then, (laughs) you're not gonna start. Well, it's it's Regina Spector. It's like Regina Spector is a Russian American piano player that I really like. And I think she's amazing, but I have been listening to her nonstop for like six months. So I make fun of myself for it because she is nothing like I'm so joy, but she's a lot sad. Like a lot of her songs make me sad, but I love it. I love it. Anyways. And then I read, oh my God, the one I'm reading right now is something like the right mindset or something like that. The one that I read recently, it was like two weeks ago. It's by Florence Scovel Shin. In the 1920s, she wrote this metaphysic book called The Game of Life and How to Play It. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm digging it. You know, there's a lot of references to God and stuff, which I understand, and it's great. It doesn't bother me, but I really dig the metaphysics. Like, if you say it, you are at, you know, your word is your
2: wand type stuff. So I like that one a lot. I, I will say we are Ooh. also watching Drew, RuPaul's, I almost said Drew Paul's RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race. Every episode that comes out, we watch. And then listening to, I'm kind of addicted to Anderson Park right now. I'm like playing him on loop. And then I'm reading Octavia Butler's Parable of the Sower. Oh, and yeah. I just started and I'm um, already quite loving it. It's stark, but
1: nothing mm-hmm. wrong with dark. Oh yeah. Dark and bad. Dark and <laughs> bad are good. Absolutely. They can bring a lot of joy. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I make bad jokes all the time.
1: All the time. Yeah. It's do. part of who I am. It's true. <laughs> I don't know that there is any actual bad jokes. <laughs> just a spectrum of a jokes. spectrum yeah. <laughs> so, like, different flavors some people don't like certain flavors and that's okay
2: it's like <laughs> thank you so much for having us it was such thank a you fun That so
1: was fun, thank you for your time, it's been a joy I'm going to have to have you on again I'd love to do it in person when it's safe, that would be too much fun I'm going to stop the recording now. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Kathy and Jenny, for talking to me and sharing such wonderful insights and great laughs. I really enjoyed it. Please get in touch. We're on Instagram at Tara Cheyenne TCP, Facebook, Tara Cheyenne Performance. You can always email info at com. Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne is a project of Tara Cheyenne Performance. We are generously funded by the Canada Council, BC Arts Council, City of Vancouver and gaming and all of our wonderful donors and our audiences. You matter so much. Thank you. Produced, edited with original music by Mark Stewart. You can get in touch with Mark at markstewartmusic.com and hey, take yourself on a Weekly adventure, as Jenny suggested. What are you going to do? Go look at some flowers? There's so many things we could do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to fold it into my week. Keep making shit up, please. And we'll see you next time. Be well. This
0: podcast is effing good. If I hook it, it'll stay.